Hello and good afternoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of podcast series with Netcore. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Um, she is the current head of the digital experience team in the globe telecom industry, uh, Ms. Michelle Fernandez-Castillo. Michelle, welcome to the Hi. Netcore podcast. Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. So, Michelle, first question I want to bring right off the bat. How are you guys? How is the Globe Telecom team doing nowadays? Well, uh, especially because there's a pandemic, Globe, I think, is uh, straddling between doing really well in terms of the business, but also really struggling to make sure that our customers are kept happy. Um, mm. it's, it's not easy, especially because there are a lot of challenges that the industry is facing. And of course, all, all of our consumers are facing a very big challenge um, with COVID-19, um, but happy to say that the company is still thriving despite all of this. Oh, that's good to hear. That's very good to hear. Um, you know, Globe is you know, very much fortunate that, you know, it, it is in a thriving experience at the moment. Because like when you do look at the employment rate and the current like sort of market in general, there are lots of businesses that are going down or, you know, are going under, if that's the correct term. <laughs> but as you rightly mentioned, it is a very challenging experience right now. And, you know, um, it's very much fortunate that, you know, we find ourselves in a situation wherein we are still able to work and we are still able to, you know, um, experience, I guess, a job in that very much, in that sense. So, Michelle, um, you mentioned challenges. Um, I kind of wanted to dig in a little deeper on that. Um, what particular challenges has you know, your team experienced throughout this whole pandemic so far? Well, personally, uh, I handle digital experience, mm -hmm. and it is a channel that is not as familiar to most of our customers. Um, I think if you take a look at 2019, you would find that many customers were still much more comfortable going to stores or speaking to agents face-to-face -face or even calling our hotline. Um, mm. But now, many of those um, previous conveniences are no longer either no longer available or no longer preferred by customers because they don't want to be outside of their homes. So mm. the challenge for digital experience was really to ramp up our delivery to make sure that the services needed by our customers, which were previously offline, uh, would now be delivered online. And the second part of that challenge is to make sure that the customers not only have these services at hand, but would also know how to use them. Uh, because we do live in a country where, um, yes, there is prevalence of smartphones um, yeah. and there, there is internet. Um, but majority of it has always been through uh, mobile data instead yeah. of home internet. Agreed, agreed. Now, you mentioned something about customer service here in the Philippines. And I think one of the biggest sort of, let's call it trend, um, that's been going on around right now with marketing in general is a concept called personalized marketing. You know, it's all about providing your customers a very specific type of service in the right way and providing them with the right content that will help engage them with your business. Now, 
Um, as the head of the digital experience team, Michelle, um, what are your ideas or opinions about personalized marketing? Um, well, definitely from the name itself, uh, something very customized and t- tailor-made for each person. Mm-hmm. Of course, in this case, our customers. Um, and we're personally always striving for this, but it's not as simple as getting a name and a mobile number and then just start talking to them, right? Um, yeah. Some people would think that, oh, Globe, you already have their details, then you can do whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. but, but this is not the case. You know, we respect our customers' privacy, um, and we, we really take all efforts to ensure um, that personal information is properly protected. So mm-hmm. to do personalized marketing, uh, it means that we have to do targeting and marketing uh, correctly, uh, within, of course, within the law, um, really making sure that um, we don't expose any personal information, um, even to internal customers, um, as we work with external parties as well. So it can be very, very expensive um, mm. when you want to be precise. Like yeah. the, the better quality and the better the precision, the higher the price when it comes to personalized marketing. For sure, for sure. Now, you've mentioned expenses, all right? Now, I think that's a very interesting thing to uh, sort of come into because when marketers, um, whether senior marketers or even, you know, new marketers, um, talk about personalization or any innovation for that matter, price becomes a talking point. Like, is it something that they can afford? Is it something that will give them ROI right away? And, you know, that's a very fair question. Um, but for you guys, um, what is it uh, when it comes uh, for Globe rather for your for your team? What is um, the right tools or the right sort of budgeting that you have to consider when you're doing personalized marketing? Well, to say that there is one set of the the right tools mm. um, might be a little bit inaccurate. So yes, it really yes. depends. Um, what you're looking for, right? What, what is it that you um, seek to get out uh, of this type of marketing? Um, is it just plain awareness or are you looking further down in the conversion funnel? So um, if it's simple awareness where your personalization um, is just up to a certain level of, oh, I just want to target, for example, um, all females uh, residing in this location. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's very high level. But uh, if you start drilling down and becoming much more specific, uh, let's say, okay, I want to target all females living in this location, age this and this, earning um, from this income bracket, um, living with X number of people in the home, then it becomes a lot more difficult, right? Because all of this data it doesn't just land on your lap. Um, And even if you have that data, there needs to be uh, proper uh, encryption so that you actually are not exposed to the specific people. You're not allowed to basically see their their exact details, like their names or uh, things like that, because then that would be a breach of privacy. So yes, the, yes. The, more, the more granular you go, um, the more, I guess, the, the cost rises. Um, yeah. So you have to be really particular 
with what your measures are or what your metrics are and what you want to do uh, with this kind of detailed information. Mm. Otherwise, you might be spending unnecessarily. Maybe you just needed a broad target mm. and then you spent so much to, to get a very, very specific kind of individual. For sure, for sure. And, you know, there, that is a very interesting sort of start. Like, when, whenever you start a business, right? I mean, one of the more important things that you build when, you're, when you begin operations is, who am I selling to? It's like creating that persona, I think is the correct word. Correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yes, persona. Yeah, it's coming up with that persona or, you know, that look of your customer that are they a millennial who is looking for a home that's currently living in Manila and, you know, is very interested in investing or something like that. Sorry, I, I think I just gave the most generic like, persona in the, in the entire world. But um, you mentioned something, again, very interesting um, with regards to metrics. Now, I think with, when it comes to any new project or any new endeavor, one thing that people sort of forget is that, all right, so we're doing personalization now, or you know, we've dabbled in artificial intelligence or with machine learning or any of these new sort of trends that have been going on in the past decade. Um, one thing that they forget is metrics, which you seem to be very, um, uh, what do you call this? You seem to be very stable on that right now. So. Can I pick your brain into sort of like the process on how you chose your metrics and how you sort of started like choosing, you know, what should be tracked, what, what is, what shouldn't be tracked and what's, what's the priority number one and what's something that we, we can sort of look at, you know, maybe five years down the line. Sure. Um, it all depends really on which part of the customer journey uh, you're working mm. on. So if you're looking at the discover and buy part of the journey, then obviously the metric that would be most important to you is conversion, meaning how many people uh, of those that I have targeted have actually ended up buying uh, my product or my service. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is extremely important because um, otherwise you might have spent a truckload of money, um, but it didn't translate to sales. So it would have been a waste of your budget. Um, so that is the most basic way, I guess, of looking at it uh, for discover and buy. But it changes when you're in a latter stage of the customer journey. So, mm-hmm. for example, when you're already talking to um, existing customers, or in our case, subscribers, yeah. um, you'd like to target, for example, those that have been um, with a company or using your service for five years and above. So for customers like that, is there a certain special service that you'd like to extend? Would you like to give them a better plan, uh, faster speeds, bigger data? So then that means that you would have to look at their habits, uh, how much data they've mm. consumed up to a certain point, uh, how often do they connect to the internet, how many devices they use uh, to be able to really study what's most relevant to them. So here, your, your metrics would no longer just be acquisition, um, but of course, you have retention. Um, you would also be looking at increase in usage, um, upgrades of plans, uh, purchase of other devices. So there are 
there, it's really dependent on which part of the customer journey you're looking at. Um, and you can even take a look at, for example, new customers who have just come into your brand and don't yet know uh, what services you have available. So uh, even opening of, a, of an onboarding video is something that may be measured and relevant because then it sets the tone for their entire relationship with you. So the metrics can vary greatly yeah. uh, depending on where you're at. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you just gave a very robust sort of list of what it's like to, or what it is that you need to track, especially considering like the customer journey. Like if a customer is in this part of the journey, this is what's important to track and so on and so forth. Now I'm pretty interested, like how did you guys know these particular metrics would be the one to yield the best results for you guys? Like, was it, did you guys find another sort of like framework from a different study? Um, were you guys sort of just doing trial and error? Uh, what was your sort of um, ultimate uh, moment wherein you thought, oh my God, okay, so we finally got it right. These are the metrics that we want. Well, it, it really isn't rocket science. It's mm. your customer. They're the best basis for mm. um, what to measure. So we do a lot of studies with our customers. We talk to them and we really ask them what matters to them so that we can be able to tell what next to give them, um, what matters to them, what they think, oh, you don't need to give me this. I don't care about this. Um, and a lot of, I would say, I mean, I'm not going to judge other companies, but a lot of other companies might decide we will do something because we have a new product um, when it should be the other way around. We have a new product because our customer has asked for it. Um, uh -huh. There is a pain point and we will solve it versus we have an innovation and we just want our customers to use it. So really going back to the customer and understanding them um, and getting data and information from them would be, um, in my view, the best way to approach it. And from there, you can deduce uh, that this is the best possible way to measure their satisfaction um, yeah. or, or to, to declare that, oh, okay, I've succeeded versus my goal. That's amazing. Okay. I think you've hit the head on the nail or you, you've hit on something very important, there, <laughs> Michelle, um, with regards to your customer. Like it's always about looking at where the customer is, what feedback they're giving you. And believe it or not, a bunch of um, a bunch of marketers, even today, are saying that okay, personalization, you know, that's not for us. You know, um, that's just the latest trend to come out. You know, like cronuts or whatever. So, <laughs> what would you say um, to is the risk essentially that these marketers run if they don't practice personalization today? Um, in a word, irrelevance. Mm. So if a customer isn't listened to or their needs aren't considered, um, anytime you build a product, anytime you create an ad, they're just going to choose another brand or they're just going to skip your ad. Um, mm. There would be very little interest, I believe, if whatever was created was not taking their needs um, into consideration beforehand. So, yes, you can choose to just keep going the way things have always gone. Um, mm. You could choose traditional methods. I don't think that um, 
traditional methods are going to go away a hundred percent. You will still have a percent of the market that is more comfortable watching, for example, a very broadly targeted TVC. I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who still do that. Big percent of the population of the Philippines still watches TV, right? Oh, yeah, um, for sure. But as the customer becomes more discerning, you wouldn't want to be left behind. Um, and you, you don't want to be the dinosaur that has no idea um, what the customer actually wants. Mm, agreed. And I think you've, you've mentioned something there again, which is very interesting that, you know, traditional marketing, it's not 100% going to disappear. But I, um, I believe, you know, there really is going to be a sort of paradigm shift wherein it's all about personalization, or at least it's mostly going to be about personalization. And when it comes to traditional media or traditional consumption of media, such as TVCs, um, billboards, etc., you know, I think that will take a back burner, D- don't you think? Or will it, you know, sort of have a kind of 50-50 kind of uh, relationship? I think that the percentages, while they exist and while they are relevant to take a look at because they will determine your ad spend um, and how you cut your budget, um, at the end of the day, you have to remember that customers are multifaceted. Um, One person's preferences may not be the same as another, right? So that's where personalization comes in. Um, But to completely disregard uh, a certain method of, of doing things or of advertising, for example, um, and saying, nope, I'm going to spend all of my money just on this one thing. Basically, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, that could be very, very dangerous because you've left yourself no room uh, to, to wiggle out of the situation in case the industry shifts again. Um, because sure. everything is unpredictable. I don't think that 10 years ago they were imagining that um, people would be just glued to their phones and looking at all of these ads and Agreed. clicking and liking, Agreed. right? So who like, knows so, what's yeah. going to happen in another 10 years? I know, like, you know, 10 years ago, like, people were just sort of looking at Facebook and saying stuff like, oh, that's just where 12-year-olds or teens, you know, um, hang out, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. And now it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And that underestimation of 10 years ago you know, marketers are probably kicking themselves in the shins <laughs> considering how much ad spend is going into Facebook nowadays mm-hmm. or even Instagram or any of the other social medias. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with you that innovation um, paired with, you know, um, the advantages of previous methods or traditional methods can uh, give us a better clarity moving forward with marketing or with the discipline of marketing anyway. Now, I think one big question that a lot of our listeners sort of ask is if a company did want to start doing personalization, what is the first thing that they have to consider? What is the first step that they have to consider? And should they maybe even consider it at all? Well, definitely, yes, consider it. Um, I think this entire conversation has actually just really spoken of that and brought that to light, that you need Mm. to know your customers better. And there's no better place to start than the data you actually already have. Um, Mm. If you've sold anything to any customer, 
Uh, that means that you have even just a little bit of their information. Maybe they left you a name or a mobile number. Um, and of course, this is something that is already in your system. So um, you have that start from there. Um, and the second thing would be to um, get experts to help you look at that information. Um, again, of course, with the proper uh, and uh, legal uh, methods to yeah. make sure you don't break sure. any privacy laws. Um, yeah. But yes, you if you have some customer information, um, there are ways to well together with you know working with with um, expert agencies or other organizations such as yourself, um, you could look into that information and actually use it to get more info from the customer. So it might be as simple as sending an email to the email address that they have left you um, if they've agreed to receive updates from you. Um, and then you could ask them for more information like their mobile, their interests, what kind of news they would, re they would like to receive moving forward. And from there, you actually grow that base. So this is for your existing customers. Um, and for, for new customers that you seek to acquire, um, you could actually update all of your acquisition methods. So if when you acquire new customers, you never really ask for any information, perhaps it's time to start considering adding those fields into, into your forms, digital or otherwise. Um, and of course, you should give your customers a little something in exchange, right? Um, yeah. There has to be something in it for them. I mean, you wouldn't just give your mobile number or your email address for nothing. Um, so whether it is an actual gift or uh, a kind of service, uh, so it, you need their number to be able to help them moving forward so that they can um, be served faster when, when they need troubleshooting tips or anything of the sort, then um, that's something that you can do. Mm, I see. So I think I'd, I'd love to sort of leave, leave this podcast with that beautiful high note of, you know, looking at your customer's data or looking where you are um, with your customers, seeing the relationship that you currently have with them and seeing how to improve it. I think, I think if we were to summarize it at the end of the day, it's just getting to know the relationship more and building on that. Would you agree? Yes, it's the very first step. <laughs> Perfect. So to all our listeners, um, right now uh, who are listening to this podcast, when it comes to personalization, one of the first steps that Michelle has taught us is with your customers. Finding out where you guys are on how well you know your customers and building on that to be able to sort of give them the best content and the best service, essentially, at the end of the day. Michelle, any final thoughts from your end? I think that's it. I think I've actually spoken too much during the session. No, no worries at all. Anything that you share, I'm sure, will be gold. <laughs> um, all right. So basically, as you summarize, it all begins with your customer. If you love them, they'll love you back. Mm. And yes, uh, at the end of the day, if you don't know your customer, then I think that's a very, you know, big red flag for you to sit down and say, I need to know my customer. So, Michelle, thank you once again for joining us in this podcast. Uh, to all our listeners out there, um, I hope you all are doing well. Stay safe and stay healthy. Bye.